Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Hello and welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. And in this episode of the Amazing Truth Minute, we'll meditate on Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. And it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's easy to fall into the trap of thinking about what might happen. We worry and agonize and rehearse worst-case scenarios over and over in our minds until we have sometimes literally worried ourselves sick. To combat this and other poisonous thoughts, the Apostle Paul encourages his readers to think about what is true. We have the ability to manage our thoughts. We can reject thoughts that are untrue or not in alignment with how a believer should think. Where we are tempted we are tempted to worry, we have the option of finding a pertinent scripture and meditating on the particular promise that speaks to our situation. The psalmist wrote, I will meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Psalms 119 verse 5. We don't have to be victims of negative thinking. Instead, Paul taught that we are capable of cultivating an excellent and praiseworthy thought life that, w- that will improve our quality of lives. So our prayer as we meditate on this is that we should ask God to teach us to reject the thoughts that are not true and that are not worthy of our time and energy. That he should help us to reign in our thoughts and focus on those things that are uplifting and pleasing to him. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Hello once again and welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. This is a special show. We're going to call it a special edition. But before we do that, are you in the loop? Yes, I am in the loop. Today we are excited to have a special person with us, a father who has had a privilege of raising his sons in a way that most of us in society, we always hear about single mothers. Mm. But today we have a privilege of listening to our friend George. George, tell us, you have been a single father. How long were you a single father? Yes, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I was a single father for seven years. How many children were you raising in that period? My two boys, uh, the youngest uh, was two and a half. And my uh, oldest was uh, seven, I think, then. So he was uh, uh, one who was not going to school yet and one who had just started school. So you were raising two children, a two-year-old yes. and a two-and-a-half and, two and yes. and a seven-year-old. Yes. Talk a little bit. How was it as a single father? We have always known that uh, single parenthood goes with ladies or women. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I uh, found myself being a single father, uh, 
I decided to embrace raising children. Uh, I decided that uh, because there was an easy option mm-hmm. of, uh, let me just use this word, shipping them over to Kenya. Mm-hmm. I decided against it. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, if uh, whatever I have, I will share with them. Mm-hmm. And that's what exactly I did. And uh, it was a little challenging because uh, you have to work. Mm-hmm. You have to provide for these children. You must pay whoever takes care of them as you go to work. Mm-hmm. You must make sure they are well clothed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are happy. And they are able to freely talk to you. And that's what I did. I tried. So at this point, you were both the father mm-hmm. and the mother right. to these two boys. Right. How was it with especially the younger one who was two and a half years? Uh, it was a little challenging because he kept on asking, you know, kids will ask you anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kept on asking questions why I cried when uh, the late mom was uh, sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him, uh, when uh, s- uh, somebody is sleeping, that it, me- it, it means that they will probably wake up. Mm-hmm. In the Christian context, yes. Mm-hmm. But in the human context, when somebody has died, uh, you, the, the sorrows and the grieving uh, takes a while. So the grieving process took a little bit long. Okay. Because I had... Uh, young kids to take care of so and yeah yeah go ahead and sometimes as a man you there are things that you don't know wh- how to do it mm-hmm. so you 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 have to ask mm-hmm. and sometimes you just do through trial and error mm-hmm. and uh, hope that the kids understand why you did them the way you did it and uh, thankfully uh, the boys understood our situation then so george what was what was the, well apart from losing their mom and your and your 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 late wife yes what was the the lowest and the toughest moment for you as a single dad uh to explain to them what happened mm. to their late mom mm. and especially more especially to the little guy mm-hmm. because he he wanted to see both of us and uh, since that was not possible, then uh, he had to adjust uh, to dad being there by himself. And at one time, I I traveled uh, with them to motherland, Kenya. Mm-hmm. And we had decided that uh, they would stay home uh, with my f- folks, my relatives, mm-hmm. for three months. That was in the summer of 2012. And they stayed home. I had to come back because I couldn't stay longer than one month. Mm-hmm. So I think in their thinking, the older one thought that I had left them there, mm-hmm. uh, which was not true. So uh, when you tell them that uh, let's travel to Kenya, sometimes they ask me, are you going to leave us there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell them, no, we will go and come back. So it was a little challenging to explain to them why they remained behind as I came back to work. Well, I'm sure it was hard. We're so used yeah. to hearing single fathers, single mothers, mm-hmm. but uh, um, thank you, George, for choosing to make that decision to, you know, 
be a single father for your children for seven years, especially the little man. I'm not saying the older one. He was did not need the mother or, you know, but juggling being a mother yeah, and a father, father yeah. and going to work and making tough decisions. What support would you have wished the community gave or what uh, support did you receive from the community? Good question. Uh, while I had a, a couple of friends mm-hmm. who always stopped by mm-hmm. to see how we were doing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they would ask me to bring the, uh, the boys mm-hmm. so that they play with their kids mm-hmm. because kids will always want to play. Mm-hmm. So they would ask or come for them mm-hmm. so that they go play with their kids. Mm-hmm. And that eased the burden of me thinking of what do I do or even when I have to go uh, doing groceries because sometimes it's quicker mm-hmm. to go alone and do grocery and come back. Mm-hmm. So they would come and ask me what I wanted done. So then uh, maybe somebody will come and stay uh of course i had uh, uh somebody who would come and take care of the, the boys while i was away mm-hmm. so sometimes family and friends would come and take them so awesome. for example t- for the weekend they would go stay and play with their kids now last comment as we transition to the next segment L- last question i'm sorry not a comment what would you tell men who are fathers having gone through that experience raising children by yourself yes. who maybe are not maybe active in their children's lives or either intentionally or unintentionally or uh, for whatever reasons um, as a, a father as a single father you bonded with your children more i yes. want to presume that yes. what message would you have for men out there who are fathers or who are aspiring to be fathers while it's the, the most enjoyable thing to Uh, to do to your children is to be there for them mm-hmm. as they grow up, as uh, they ask questions, as they learn to talk, as they learn to crawl, uh, as they learn to, to know the outside of the, uh, the outside world, as they learn to go to school. If you are there for them, they will learn or they will be social, more socially uh, uh, stable and emotionally as uh, they grow up they will uh, appreciate our relationships with their father thank you so much uh, for sharing that i think there you have it in the loop today we are talking about single fatherhood that's one of the themes that we are covering in the, in, in our today's podcast uh, our friend george has been a single father for seven years and he's speaking to you all fathers out there Uh, don't just let all the responsibilities go to your wife to you to the mother to uh, mother of your children but uh, uh, according to him and in his words be there be present throughout the uh, journey of your children uh we're going to transition as we talk about the challenges today's a special edition as we come back we'll tell you why it's a special edition Welcome back. Welcome back. Today we have we have we continue with part two of our last uh, series that we started on fatherhood. 
our guests today are going to help us dive into these concepts of challenges that immigrant fathers face. You know, immigration, uh, migrating is, 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 is stressful in itself. But then adjusting and adapting can also be on another level. Uh, and so today we want to talk about some of the challenges that immigrant fathers face when they transition into this uh, Western culture and the role that culture plays and some of the challenges and issues that come up as a result of that. Our guests, if you were with us last week, none other than Eric and Eric Mokua and George uh, Ongaro, uh, Migiro. And then we have, as usual, our one and only co-host. His name is Kenan. As usual, you know him. Gentlemen, immigrants, you all left your countries when you're older enough. You had families, you were married, you came to this country. How was that experience in relation to your uh, uh, fatherhood aspect? How did that challenge you? How was that? How was that, that experience as an immigrant father? How was that journey been for you? And George, uh, I know Eric, you were a dad before you came. No, 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 oh. no. Kids of, so your yes, kids, so were, kids born were born here. here. Yeah, All right. Kids and George, here. your kids were born, born here. Okay. So both of you, your kids were born here. Yes. But you're still raised in, in an African context. <laughs> <laughs> so your model of fatherhood is uh-huh. is, uh-huh. is 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 your your model of father is it confused? Is it, <laughs> is it, is it American? Is, is it, it American? American? And exactly. how does what are some of those challenges? Yeah. Eric, w- w- what are your thoughts about that? Uh, my children have been blessed to be raised up father was uh, had an experience of the African context, a Christian background, and a, of course uh, the American, you know, uh, life. Yeah. So uh, with that rich experience, uh, it has really been a, a good thing for them. But also at the same time, it has been very, been very challenging for me. Okay. Very challenging for me because uh, um. I've tried to live the two worlds, mm-hmm. the African world mm-hmm. and the, the American life mm-hmm. at the same time. So you're physically in America. Yeah, but but uh, physically in America. But sometimes but, mentally, but, but, emotionally. Uh, emotion, back in Africa. You yes. know, when I came with my wife, my wife changed very quickly. Uh-huh. She adopted, adapted very quickly to this life. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, not only, I may, may I not speak uh, for myself alone, but for most men, mm-hmm. men who are recent immigrants, uh, tend to adopt to this culture very slowly. Okay. And maybe that's our nature as men. Mm-hmm. That's why sometimes we are caught up by time. Mm-hmm. Whereas women come within the shortest time, they have the circles of women who educate them, who empower them. They come, they have churches uh-huh. there to encourage them, to bring them to speed. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, majority of men, they again, they don't have that community to bring them to speed on how to live in this world of course when we come when we came to this country we were told that it's a land full of milk and honey mm-hmm. but when uh, the rubber touched the road there was no milk nor honey <laughs> <laughs> things are so different <laughs> because uh, most of the men when they came from africa some of them are very good jobs mm-hmm. uh they're well educated mm-hmm. but when you come to this country you have to go back 
line. So you start working in a factory, you yeah, start factory. doing you know these mega jobs, mm-hmm. and, and that does something to the ego of, of the man, of ego of you as a oh, man. Oh yes. Yeah. All right, George. How is the culture being uh, being raised, born, raised, grown in Kenya, and then raising your children in this country? How has that been for you? It's a little challenging. Uh, let me just say it's challenging. It's challenging. Yes, uh, because uh, back in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, a child belongs to the society. Yeah, the community. Yeah. If the child has uh, discipline issues, uh-huh. it's not upon the father or the mother only. Mm-hmm. It's upon those around the child. Okay. But uh, in this community, it is it's even beyond the parent now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, you try to figure out which is the most appropriate way to instill discipline in my children. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have hits, misses and hits. Mm-hmm. And then you find you may find yourself in problems with the law. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you do not know how to distinguish between discipline and abuse. Okay. So let me ask a question. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> If this was hard is hard for you as fathers. Mm. How do you think it was for your children? <laughs> Being raised with an African parent but then living in a context where they go to school they see how their other kids are parented they see how their friends are raised and then they come home they are told in our culture <laughs> how you do you know, think that was know, for them? Oh, oh, with all honesty ezra i find we make our children become more depressed okay because they are also living in two worlds okay at home when we cook <laughs> we tell them to eat the african food yes they go to school uh-huh. they have the the, the mac and cheese f- yeah. and american food american yeah. food Fries, name, name the, yeah. yeah you see mm-hmm. when they when they at home uh-huh. there's a way we tell them how to dress up uh-huh. yeah so but they go to school it's a different thing altogether yeah. so if we are not careful we are messing up our children okay. we need to come yeah. to speed to a point whereby at least we understand what experiences they are having it outside there so and as that, fathers there's a struggle there's exactly and that's what I was about to say that in, in the context of a father mm-hmm. so that's it's you're like you said you're expected to hit the ground running when you when you come to the to, to America and you have to catch up so i feel like what what i'm hearing you guys say is that Yeah, as a dad you're playing catch up. Yeah. You know, your kids are your wives have come and they've hit the ground running. Mm. Your kids they go <laughs> and they, this is what they bring at home. Now as a dad, how how did you guys catch up? I mean, have you caught up? Have maybe? you caught up? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> how did you guys assume how did you caught up? How did you And and as we talk about yourselves, also let's talk about these immigrant community at yeah, large. Yes. What are some of the themes, mm-hmm. the trends we are seeing? because the reality and i have this acronym that i say it's abca africans born confused in america the kids don't <laughs> know if they're africans or they're mm. americans mm. because they live in two different worlds and that has repercussions i had a story as as we as i invite you to to respond to that so a conversation with some of the young people and they say that you know in american culture you are told look at me in the eyes when you're talking to me because if you are not looking at me it's disrespectful in an african culture you don't look at your oh, parent yeah. in the eyes yeah. you want you're ready to fight it's intimidation so the moment they enter mm-hmm. the house they have to switch <laughs> not to look at you in the eyes but the moment they go to class they have to switch 
and look at the teacher in the eyes. So they're living in these two worlds. What are some of the repercussions of these? And how are you seeing men, fathers, dealing with that and adjusting to that? I, I think that, that that's what uh, causes about um, anger and frustration on the part of uh, the parents, mm-hmm. and more especially those of men. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as the child reaches puberty, mm-hmm. There is these hormonal changes that happens in them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they want to discover, mm-hmm. and you are being restrictive. Mm-hmm. So there is that tug of war. Dad, I have to do this because this is what society expects me. Mm-hmm. This is what my friends want me to do. Mm-hmm. And you as a parent, you want to help them uh, become responsible children, mm-hmm. instill discipline, mm-hmm. teach them the right ways, mm-hmm. teach them what you know. Mm-hmm. them they are learning from the outside mm-hmm. you you want to teach them what you know mm-hmm. but uh, as things stand or as they look at it mm-hmm. you're trying to force mm-hmm. things on them so there's a clash between the father and the children and the because children, you are yes. the parent yeah. you want to stamp authority yes maybe the mom has adapted she's more lenient she's more understanding but you you're still there these kids the macho men All right. Uh, you know, you, you, you started by asking, uh, Brother Kenan, you did ask uh, whether this thing catch. What do you, what do you catch have, have, have you caught up? Have you caught up? <laughs> yeah, I can say, uh, as for me, I can say, yes, I've uh, almost, uh, <laughs> You're almost, almost catching, catching up. Catching up. <laughs> almost catching up because uh, I realized uh, if I, uh, at the beginning, if I was going to be that assertive, authoritative, mm-hmm. aggressive father, mm-hmm. I was not. I was going to lose it. Mm-hmm. I've come to a point whereby now I accept. Mm-hmm. I accept in this way, Kenan. My son, where I grew up, I couldn't go to my my parents' bedroom. Uh-huh. But now nowadays, I, I I accepted my son can come <laughs> with, uh, with without a shirt to my bedroom and sleep on my bed. <laughs> I accepted it. <laughs> you know, I have my private bathroom. Yes. I have seen sometimes they come to my private bathroom. I say, why can't you go to your bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> you, I have accepted. <laughs> I have accepted. You, you, haven't, you, know, you have accepted. I yeah. have accepted because I knew I was not going to win on this battle. <laughs> That's the only way. And just to be more peaceful. Yes. Yeah. But in the process of accepting, I also come and teach them some values. Okay. I tell them, this is how it is. When you come to your mom's bedroom, you at least try to respect your mom. The Put t-shirt. on the t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. So, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to ask, now, in, in relation to your wives now, How how was that experience? And do you feel like you are being overwhelmed with now the uh, being a dad, an immigrant father? Now in relation to your wives and how you know, in your relationships, how how did you kind of adjust to it together? Well, uh, I hope she doesn't listen to <laughs> this podcast <laughs> 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 because I have adjusted, uh-huh. and so we what we do with the boys. We discuss. There are things we discuss, and we compromise. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, when they, they they are trying to push things through their their way, and their mom is there, mm-hmm. uh, they tell her that mom, sometimes you are unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like they have found a common ground, a common ground with dad. Uh-huh. Because I am more willing to listen to their story okay. than their mom. Uh-huh. So what I do as a father, uh-huh. we sit down. Okay. 
once a week mm-hmm. we have to sit down before they go to bed mm-hmm. and uh, discuss on how their week has been mm-hmm. because uh, Monday through Friday they are in school during the school year uh-huh. so we have to discuss that yeah. and each one of them would say what they went through during the week and then they will try to see the hiccups and what uh, we needed to fix as a family so that mm-hmm. life is smooth so now now you now you've adjusted you know in in, in the african context mm. you never sat to discuss yeah, you were told uh, what to do <laughs> but now yeah. you're saying that you're adapting to yeah. discuss yeah. I, i had a, a conversation <laughs> with a, a father who called me to talk to their son and the father said these young men brought the girlfriend <laughs> and he brought the girlfriend and the ex he lists all these things that were wrong then i asked him have you had this conversation with him say no that's why i'm talking to you <laughs> to mm-hmm. go talk to he- mm-hmm. to him mm-hmm. and i said you are expecting him to meet all these standards that you have never told him which live in your head mm-hmm. why is it so hard for fathers generally african immigrants fathers especially here to have those conversations with their sons and especially the children mm-hmm. now uh, if i can respond to that uh, there is a saying in this a uh, society that uh, when kids are teenage uh-huh. they know more than the parent okay mm-hmm. and unfortunately that's what parents go through dads go through because you try to uh, give them your point of view they say you you, you don't get it okay mm-hmm. so you, you you try to give them your part of the story uh-huh. and then they say oh dad is dumb so It's as they man. grow as they grow in teenage life is tough even the the caucasian families will tell you when their kids were teenage they thought they they were dumb <laughs> and they were the only smart kids so okay, it's so not only a challenge to immigrants but kids when in their teenage years they are hard to let, deal with let, let me phrase uh, uh, eric you, we're talking about immigrant fathers let's let's not move away from that mm. what are some of the things you're seeing we can mention mm. practical like examples mm. of what immigrant men and fathers are still not catching up on uh and you're allowed to be real yeah be you real know, you, know, no, you know this you is know, at, at least we nobody's here we're not <laughs> so just be real they will listen know, and it will be done w- one thing i've come to discover is that immigrant men mm. have somehow refused to create time for their children okay you're too busy making money outside there mm-hmm. at the expense of your your sons and daughters okay. Okay. at the expense of your family and sometimes because uh, we are also thinking about back in africa you you make extra shift you have to make extra money in order to fulfill that project back in Africa and at the, in the end result you don't know your sons you don't know your daughters you don't know your children so i would really request now and that's what i've done because mm-hmm. uh, for i i know i have the sons my my boys mm-hmm. i call them my boys mm-hmm. i know it's known it's a fact of life mm-hmm that boys love their mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. And at the end of the day, I stay with my mom. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, the way I see, uh, if I'm not careful, they will get you a time, my wife will go and stay with the boys. <laughs> and I'll be left alone. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have seen that. So oh. that's the only way now I have to create time with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to talk with them. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell them, gentlemen, mm-hmm. now, uh, especially for the last one week, mm-hmm. I've been sitting them at, uh, telling them about what investment is, okay. about what savings man, saving money is okay. all about. Mm-hmm. So to me, the best thing I can ever give to my boys is my time. Your time. Right. Your time. So, uh, George. Yeah, as as uh, Eric has said, uh, Actually, what we lack as uh, uh, immigrants is sometimes they don't even know where we work. Mm. Somet- <laughs> sometimes they don't even know the type of work we do. Uh-huh. In this society, you are leaving your children to the dogs if you have to work 16 hours, both of you, mm. per day. Mm. Uh, when will you know if these kids came home? Mm. When will you know if these kids uh it when will you know if these kids ever slept mm-hmm. so we have uh, created uh, an environment whereby we have to make money by crook or by thin or thick i mean uh, whichever method whichever we use yeah. we need to make money and build those uh apartments Marshals. apartments in nairobi or kisi or wherever it is mm-hmm. And what we are not realizing is that we are give, slowly giving away these kids to those that have time with them. With them, those that have time with them is the group influence, the drug peddlers, uh, whoever wants to company. Yeah. You know, if we leave them, we are not showing them what we do. Like for example, if I were a mechanic. Mm-hmm. I would take one of my cha- uh, my my boys or my boys to the garage okay. so they can help me work mm-hmm. or see what I'm doing but unfortunately we are not doing that so most of us so I'm hearing yeah. being present being present being yeah. present, being present. Mm-hmm. physically yep. emotionally mm-hmm. spiritually we're talking about you know all these aspects yeah. of life mm-hmm. I remember in one of our one of our previous podcasts we said have conversations at the dinner table yes well, if there's now dinner, have conversations in your house. Yes. Whether with your kids, with your wife. I want to ask a question now. You know, yeah. you said raising teen teenagers yes. is, a, is, a, is a tough, and you're both raising boys. Yes. yes. How do you start the relationship, the girls' conversation? Sexuality. Sexual, there you yes. Go. <laughs> have you had conversations <laughs> sexuality? Sexual, sexuality, and, yes. and how did and you how start? Did you <laughs> <laughs> what is the context of that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> And was your wife present? You know, <laughs> you know, you, you know. Last week, uh-huh. I took my little boy to for his annual physical. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, when he was being checked by the doctor, the doctor told me, "Okay, can step you step out?" out? <laughs> <laughs> and then I stepped out, and then I came back, and then we finished. And they say the, my my son came out. Eventually, told me, you know, Dad, <laughs> this doctor was asking me, "Have you ever had sex before?" <laughs> That's see, good. That's good that you have that relation for yeah. that conversation. And I said, "No, I can't do that. I can't do that." Say, well, uh, so, wh- what's your opinion about that? I said, "No," which means the boy is so open to me yes. to a point of addressing that. that conversation. And you know, I have addressed this issue before with him, and I said, "Thank God, praise God, because my sons have noted they love girls." That's the best thing. <laughs> 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 and 
Yeah, and honestly, that yeah, that's me. That's me. You know, when I say that, you know my background now. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So at least that's uh, for you, for, for me, and for and va- right. for my and values. Right, right. Yes, for my values. Yes. That's me. That's where I come from. Yes. That's my position. Uh-huh. So at least I thank God for that. Uh-huh. And and so to put to yeah. yeah, just to put that into context, when yeah. you say that that's you, those are your values. If you're listening from abroad, of listening from Africa, where you know the issues of sexuality and sexual preference mm-hmm. are very huge right mm-hmm. here in, yes. mm-hmm. in, in the states, and uh, we are we are told to respect someone's sexual preference, mm-hmm. and we are respect told to their respect their values. But who you can they say you can love anyone? That's why uh, when Eric is saying that, that's just to put, to put context, context to our listeners who might be listening yeah, from yeah. wherever yeah. you are in yeah. the world. George, did you have you had this conversation? Had this conversation with <laughs> sexuality. Well, uh, uh, on occasion we talk about uh, roles. Roles. <laughs> yes, <laughs> on occasion we talk about roles, and uh, my boys uh, see me do dishes uh-huh. while my wife is there doing something else. Uh-huh. When I ask them why can't you help out uh, with the dishes, uh-huh. they say they will do it to their wives. So, which means that they know, <laughs> they know that uh, they will ha- there will be need to help their wives. Okay, but 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 the answer is you have not you sat have them down. Yes, <laughs> to have a <laughs> <your> conversation. <laughs> Maybe after after this, you should talk to Eric. <laughs> this is why we are doing this podcast. Yes, yes. We cannot assume that they will learn. They will know who will teach them. And Ezra, if you, it's it's known that if you don't talk to them. Somebody else will. Somebody, somebody else somebody will. Else on, will. The, on that school bus, mm. when they go to school, someone will talk to them. During recess or when they go somewhere, someone will talk to them about it. And we want to make sure that if you are a father, it is you, the first person that talks to them about yeah. that. Not, not, not only even about the sexuality. Yeah. I've even talked about the drugs. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. very important. Mm-hmm. I, I, I normally ask them, have you ever take, have you tested any drugs? Mm-hmm. Have you seen a drug? Mm-hmm. Say, yes, I've seen it. I've touched it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And have you taken it? No, they are so open to me. Mm-hmm. Because so how do we, we, yeah. now, 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 Eric? How do we get immigrant fathers to get to that place where these conversations could be regular conversations in the tables? Yeah. We hear a lot of parents call and say, "Please talk to my child, please." And, and the question is, I was again context again. I talked to a, uh, one parent recently asked me, mm. "Do you know my son?" Yes. Do you think do you think he has a girlfriend? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I asked I asked the the, the 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 parent. I said, "Why are you asking me? Mm. Why can't you have that conversation with your son?" I said, "Now this one is tricky. This one, no." I said, "You've not built that relationship. Somebody mm. else is going to build that relationship to have those conversations with them. That's By the true. time you realize they are peddling drugs, mm. they're doing X, Y, and Z because the person who was having these conversations with them." That's what they were teaching them along these lines. So how do we get to start having those conversations? Not in a, pers- a, 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 a state where, sit down, let's talk. But it's a normal conversation that we just have regularly, you know, conversationally. How yeah. do we get there? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, to start with, I think they need to get invo- we need to involve them in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, our daily lives is if we, you are a person, you are a family of faith. Mm-hmm. Involve them at home on how to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, involve them on reading scripture, for example. Mm-hmm. If you, you, you are a person interested in investments, as Eric said, mm-hmm. 
tell them let's come and see what i do let them know that you are somebody who is interested in their f- a bright future for them but but george yes the reality is that i believe most fathers want to do that yes. they just don't know how to start like just like you <laughs> you know you've talked about roles how do we help someone like george in this case to have a conversation with his sons on sexuality as a topic how do what are some of the practical ways that we can get there well uh sometimes uh, let us not fear making mistakes <laughs> okay uh, let us learn by making mistakes i hope you will challenge you take that as a yes. challenge yourself yes mm-hmm. uh, because then if you you are trying to teach them something that uh, will be good for them or to yourself mm-hmm. then i think they will take it and uh, try to find out why daddy said this or why mommy said this okay so i think we we want to leave some roles to others okay Like for example the teachers uh-huh. the pastors and the what not the leaders in the community yes, and we do not want to take full responsibility for roles that are supposed to be done by parents Eric what are some of the practical ways you know i spend most of my time teaching people outside there mm-hmm. and even preaching mm-hmm. and nurturing people mm-hmm. but my first responsibility mm-hmm. is my home mm-hmm. my family mm-hmm. Because I am a firm believer that at the end of the day, mm-hmm. because I, as a Christian, believe one day Jesus will come again, mm-hmm. and He will not ask me, Eric, how did you take care of that church, mm-hmm. of that community? Mm-hmm. He will ask me, how did you take care of your family, mm-hmm. and where is the family that I gave it to you? Mm-hmm. So my first, even my first responsibility is family, okay. and then the family. Of four have two boys mm-hmm. and have decided and chosen to create time for them okay so parents create time for your children that is one thing i've come to do and then after creating time now issues you cannot just come you've never discussed issue of sexuality and start bringing it on the table mm-hmm. they will run away okay i've started from known okay to their known mm-hmm. known is that how did i meet you your mother your mom okay say how she was hard to get mm-hmm. and then uh, after that how we moved to this country mm-hmm. how how about uh, uh, how much i get mm-hmm. you need to be very you know, sometimes even there are some sp- uh, men who have never shown their wives their paycheck mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> i've shown the boys how much i make i'm very transparent to a point when i talk to them about sexuality they say oh oh this man is authentic mm-hmm. And I believe, as especially whoever is listening to me, I think we, the time has come when we need to accept that these children we are raising up are being raised up in a different generation, where they need a lot of transparency. We need to be very open, honest, and uh, and lil. Okay. The, this this generation want lil people. Even in the Christian life, sometimes mm-hmm. young people leaving the church because when they come to church, they see a lot of hypocrisy. Okay. They want lil okay. people. So, so I think you you're making you're making a statement of this generation. I will even further go further and argue that that was the concept of family. Family is supposed to be the place where you are transparent, where you can have any conversation. Because if you cannot have it at home, you're going out to tell everybody else there. If if you if you're successful and you're able to have that conversation at home, then you're in a position that 
even when you're talking to people out there you have built that stamina to have those conversations because you, you people out there don't know what you're going through but your family knows what you're going through but let me bring us back let me bring us back to this point first of all immigrants those are some of the struggles they, these conversations are not regular conversation mothers women because they have those you know support groups are likely to have those conversations maybe with their girls or maybe not but men let's 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 make that 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 that, that a habit the second thing i'll say let me ask this question how many of you have you had have you had a conversation about in the future when you're not there what that life will look like <laughs> for your sons you're not there and they're there with their mothers have you sat down and because these are real conversations these are going to happen and tomorrow you're not there your sons are there seeing maybe their mother being evicted because you did not tell them this have you had these conversations with your sons that you're raising and are, do you think as immigrant community these are conversations we are having with that you people are investing in africa but nobody even knows where the title is mm-hmm. so how, where how can we get to that place that our families sit down to have these conversations by the way eric let me commend you for taking your sons for physical checkup <laughs> 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 that is yeah. a bone of contention we have in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Why <laughs> men are always afraid of physical Please, yeah. and the Kenan and I, I are I, still working our way <laughs> to get him checked I, out. I, I, I think Eric you need to adopt Ezra <laughs> and take him so he needs to be taken for yeah. physical checkup. <laughs> oh, this, that, we're talking about the yeah. struggle of men. This is going uh, to be an ongoing. Want, and, yeah. and that's why men are having premature death. Yeah. Now. Yep. And you're having premature that you've not had this conversation with your family. So how do again coming back to fatherhood? What are we fathering if this conversation is not being there? Is it getting them resources that yep. they need? Mm-hmm. PlayStation, the jersey and the the shoes, the Jordans, getting the This is the authentic fatherhood in my opinion. Yeah. Having these regular tough regular. conversations. Yeah, that's true. But building that platform to have those conversations. Again, creating an environment i think creating an environment in your house where you can talk about this conversation i remember when i now we were growing up there's this you know when shows that come after 10:30 yeah and when a, a scene that is questionable comes up mm-hmm. you know everybody takes off yeah <laughs> everybody yeah, knows right? <laughs> but, but but i think if my parents would have taken that opportunity and said okay you see this this is what happened start that conversation that it was it was, it was an environment that was already created yes mm-hmm. so now pushing that needle yeah mm-hmm. pushing it on and talking about it i think with fathers we can create an environment where we can openly discuss this and, and make them regular as you've been keep mentioning it regular mm-hmm. regular it's mm-hmm. not a, it's a conversation that keeps going on every day regular regular conversations and being intentional with our kids about these uh, conversations. I think we need to start uh, bringing it home because it's a special edition that we're doing. Yes. But but Eric you mentioned something. You mentioned that even showing them their paycheck. You can't even have a conversation with your sons about savings if they don't even know what you're making and how you're saving and what you're doing. So I think vulnerability is an aspect as an African man we need to start building being vulnerable with our finances being vulnerable with our relationship aspect mm-hmm. being emotions as can we, we laughed the previous season the previous episode when Kenan said holding hands and opening doors we laughed <laughs> <laughs> but those are things that are important and necessary yeah. any thoughts as we start winding up about immigrant community 
and men, especially fathers, adjusting and adopting to the fatherhood in the westernized culture of raising your children. What are your thoughts as we start winding up? Men are thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're thinking so hard. <laughs> uh, I think it's... Uh, Let's take it one day at a time. <laughs> and uh, let us live here now. Yes. Let us not live in Africa. Yeah. If we adjust our lives to living in this country, uh, the resources we have uh, from our places of work, from wherever, if we try to invest them here, then I think it will be easier for us to have that conversation with our with our families. Mm-hmm. But as we do the investments back in in Africa, as you said, nobody even knows where the title deed is, mm-hmm. then sometimes people wonder, who are you investing for if mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. know where these things are? Mm-hmm. So I, I think we, we need to be here. Okay, be present again. We need to be present in this environment because we are not going... Um, let me say for myself, I'm not moving back to Kenya. <laughs> You're not moving back to Africa. Because if I move back to Kenya, my boys are not coming. Uh-huh. So why would I go back to Kenya and my, boy, my, my boys are here? Mm-hmm. So I have started laying ground. To be where your boys be are. where my family is. Awesome. Yes. Well, for me, I think the best investment I will give to my children mm-hmm. is the invest, investment of me mm-hmm. being there for them. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? I need to have that longevity of life. Mm-hmm. I need to take care of myself because it's been known that men die sooner than later. <laughs> I need to take care of myself. I need to go out there for annual physical. Mm-hmm. I need to eat well. Mm-hmm. I need to take care of the the, the, the stress and uh, issues of life. Mm-hmm. Whatever I can do, I can do. Whatever I cannot, I cannot. I put it aside. Mm-hmm. That is number one. Mm-hmm. The investment of me, the investment of the boys, mm-hmm. and uh, at the end of the day, people will not ask me, George, how many buildings did I have back in Africa? Mm-hmm. Uh, people normally ask. He left two boys, and where are they? Mm-hmm. You see, that's what people ask. They, not, nobody cares about these things mm-hmm. of this world. And uh, with that said, finally, I want to say this. I want to tell my children, and I've told them, of course, and I've shown them how much money I have in their account, what investments I have in Kenya, and I've taken them even every corner. They know, they have seen, they know how much money I have in the stocks, in the share, in my 401k. They know what I have here in the US. They know it, they know it. And of course, gone to an extent of telling them this is yours. If I, but I've not told, no, 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 I've not told them. That. That one I've not told them. Oh, uh, I tell them. I've told them this is mine. You because if I tell them it is yours, yeah. Yeah. but the only thing I even I was telling the boy yesterday, mm. you know, he said, "Dad, my car has broken down. Can you buy for me? Look for me a, a cheap car, because I know how much you get, mm. how much you have. I don't want to buy an expensive car because I know how much we have." Mm-hmm. get me a manual car and it can push me for some time. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, that's okay. Wow. Wow. There you have it, fathers, Kenan. Yeah, the right. series is getting heated. Getting this is part two of the series. Yeah. If you missed, make sure you listen to episode right. one because it builds on, I- on this. Uh, next week, we're looking forward to having who? 
the young boys, young the boys. young, you know, yeah. the, the, the children, come here and give their side of how they view fatherhood, their experience in fatherhood. Let them talk to us and tell us where the reality is. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Kenan. Yes, so we've, 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 we thank you guys for coming and we, as, as dads again, we, let's be present. Let's uh, be there for our kids, be there for our families. And if you're an immigrant dad out there, I think uh, what we've concluded is let's find uh, dads who have like-minded views. And as fathers, again, like we said in the past episode, let's find a way where we can be vulnerable. Let's support each other. Yeah. This, the, this place is, is tough as it is. So as dads, let's don't, don't suffer alone. There's always uh, someone out there that can help you out and pick you up. So that was this episode of the Amazing Truth Podcast. We hope that you were blessed. And... Uh, we we thank you and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth Podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listened. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you and see you on the next one.